Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. Before we get into the Week 6 preview, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all your favorite podcasting platforms hit the like button leave a comment and turn on the notification bell so you get a notification every time we drop a podcast and we could all let out a sigh of relief because this morning i know i did and i'm sure many of you guys woke up to a notification saying that the colts had multiple people within the organization test positive for covid so there was a chance that we wouldn't be playing this Sunday or this week if that number turned out to be true or if that number continued to grow over the next couple of days. But luckily for the Colts and the Bengals, who of course they don't want to get this game postponed or moved to Monday or Tuesday if they don't have to. they rather play this game on Sunday. For all the parties involved, the Colt play, and especially the people who tested positive for this within the Colts organization initially, those results turned out to be false positive. So whew, we will be playing on Sunday. All those tests came back false positive, which means they are negative. And speaking of negative and negativity, Jason, it almost feels like this is a Colts team coming into this game at 1-4 or 2-3, and three, not 3-2 three and two after last week's loss to the Browns. I don't know if it's because we lost to the Cleveland Browns, who people are programmed to think are way worse than they actually are. We're talking about a talented Cleveland Browns team who's 4-1 on the season, who beat us last week. So we're coming off a tough loss. We're coming off a loss where the offense didn't play well, and they haven't really played great this year in terms of getting into the end zone. They have stalled time and time again. They're great 20-20, to but they can't punch it in for seven they have to get better in that department but this is still a great defensive team really good on special teams much improved from last year on special teams one of the better special teams units in the national football league this year and an offense that's able to get in field goal range for rodrigo blankenship we're able to move the ball we are 30th in punts per game we are 24th in giveaways per game but we've struggled to score touchdowns we have to get better in that department but it's crazy when you go on Colts Twitter, when you talk to Colts fans on the internet, when you listen to anything, any articles or write-ups or radio within the Indianapolis media, there's so much negativity surrounding this 3-2 and two team. It's crazy. You would think that they were a 1-4 or a 2-3 and three team at this point. And we have a great opportunity on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals to add another win and head into the bye week at 4-2. and two. Then you look, coming out the bye, you have the Detroit Lions, another very winnable game. But it starts with this game right here, Jason, against the Cincinnati Bengals, who come into this game at 1-3-1, and one, led by a rookie quarterback in Week 6. No question, and the fan base just lost its mind after this game, uh, this past game. I, I don't understand it. Then you throw in the fact the media is seemingly trying to push Brissett again. I, I don't really have any words other than I'm still riding with 17. I've still got Phillip Rivers back. I, I believe in him. I think he's going to get this figured out. I think this is a good team. I don't know why people are bailing on Phillip Rivers. I understand he's 38, and I know his arm isn't the greatest thing in the world, but he drove the team up and down the field the first three weeks. We didn't punt. The issues have all been in the red zone, and if those get fixed, we're a different team. So I'm not anywhere near you know, panicking as much as these people on Twitter and our, or seemingly our media is. 
because I just don't see what they see. I see a guy that has a great first drive every week, and I see a guy that moves the ball every week. We move the ball. The Bears have a great defense. We move the ball up and down the field against them. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not for a lack of, of skills or a lack of being able to move the ball. It's a lack of creating seven points when we get in the red zone. I think the issues lie more with our play calling and more with our coach, but I can say it to him blue in the face and people aren't going to listen. So I just wanted to make the point that I'm still riding with Phillip Rivers. It is what it is. He's our guy for this year. He'll be gone after this year, so you guys will all be happy. But for now, I'm riding with him, and and, and this is a game I think he's going to play well in. And Jason, you brought up a great point off there. Not only has this Colts offense been able to move the ball to get in field goal range for Rodrigo Blankenship, he hasn't attempted a field goal beyond 50 yards, and he actually hasn't even attempted a field goal beyond 44 yards. 44 is his long on the year, so that means the Colts have driven the ball and got within 44 yards for him to kick 44 and in 17 times. He's 15 for 17, kicking, I think, up around 88%, which is a great improvement for what we had last year in Adam Venateri. So Rodrigo Blankenship has been great. But the offense also deserves credit for getting him in makeable field goal range where he's not kicking. If he was going bombs away from 55, 60 consistently, first off, that would be incredible because he's a rookie. And second of all, that would be more of an indictment on the offense for not even being able to drive and get in comfortable, easy field goal range for the rookies. So this offense, we're not punting a lot. We're not turning the ball over a ton. It's really only been the Phillip Rivers interceptions. We're not fumbling the football. We're not doing anything outside of those interceptions, which do need to be cleaned up. But outside of that, ball security has been great, and I don't want to jinx him. So knock on wood, but the rookie, the biggest issue with Jonathan Taylor coming out of Wisconsin was ball security. And up until this point, knock on wood, he has been phenomenal holding on to the football, and he's had a heavier workload than any of us would have thought coming into the year due to the loss of Marlon Mack with the torn Achilles week one. So I think Colt fans are really, honestly, Jason, I think one of the big reasons why Colt fans are overreacting and the media has absolutely lost their mind after last week is because we lost to the Cleveland Browns. But this is not the Hugh Jackson 2016 Cleveland Browns with their Rick Venturi-esque record where I think they went like, 330 something and one in his tenure. This is a good Browns team that we lost to. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Does the offense need to get their act together down in the red zone and start converting touchdowns down there? Yes, 1000%. We have to be better offensively. This will be a great game to wake up and it would be a great game to score a couple touchdowns heading into the bye. But I think one of the main reasons why Colts fans freaked out last week and were so dang negative was because the fact that we lost to the Cleveland Browns without taking into consideration that maybe the Browns finally got good. This is not the 2002 to 2019 Cleveland Browns. This is the 2020 Cleveland Browns. Some bizarre things have happened this year, and I think the next domino to fall is going to be the Cleveland Browns making the playoffs. Yeah, part of it's the Browns, and there's one other part. It's obviously the turnovers, and we have to clean that up. But I went back and I looked, and, and here's a stat for all you guys that are riding rivers about his, his five interceptions. 2018, through five games, Andrew Luck, eight turnovers. 2019, Jacoby Brissett, through five games, five turnovers. And now Phillip Rivers, through five games, five turnovers. So he's turned the ball over equally to Brissett and less than Luck. So 
I think he's going to get this thing figured out. I don't know what that looks like as far as statistics goes, but I do think we're going to see a lot more execution in the red zone than we've seen in the in the first five weeks. And I think the reason is you guys have to remember, and I'm not making an excuse. This is a fact. We had no preseason. We only had 11 padded practices. And this is a guy, even though he knows the offense, he came from Los Angeles to Indianapolis and is with a bunch of new teammates. That takes time. The cohesion between teammates takes time. So that's another thing to keep in mind when you're blasting this guy. Be patient. The season's not over. We're not 0-5. We're 3-2. and has to be 4-2 and and go into the bye, get healthy, come out and play Detroit and go to 5-2. So let's not, you know, let's let's not jump off bridges, people. Things are going to be okay. We'll get it figured out, and it starts this week with Cincinnati. Yep, but let's start off with the Cincinnati Bengals defense. They're 16th in points per game, so they're right there, middle of the pack, performing better than most may have thought coming into the season, and they're led by defensive end Carl Lawson. He has 16 tackles, 3.5 sacks, five quarterback hits, a pair of tackles for loss, and a forced fumble as the Colt offense looks to get back on track, or really on track, period, in the red zone this weekend against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, they've got some solid players on defense. They're very good against the pass. The guys that I look at and then I focus on are Jesse Bates the third, 39 tackles, seven passes defended, one tackle for loss. You'll remember in his rookie year, I think he picked up a fumble and returned it for a touchdown against us. So I don't have fond memories of him. You mentioned Carl Lawson. It's been great for them. Inside linebacker Josh Bynes, 35 tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss, and a quarterback hit guy that I like a lot at corner, William Jackson the third, 20 tackles, three passes defended, one pick, one tackle for loss. And then guys like DJ Reader, who came over from Houston, is always a big problem for us. We got to get him blocked. Sam Hubbard, the other defensive end that's got three sacks on this team, very good at getting to the quarterback. Geno Adkins, obviously, coming back last week. Got in the rotation, but didn't play too much against Baltimore. I expect to see him. He's always been a thorn in our side. I expect to see him at defensive tackle as well. And then the last guy is Von Bell, you know, just a, sa- a solid player at safety, good tackler. So they've got they've got players on defense. Their pass defense is better than their run defense has been. But getting Geno Atkins back in the rotation and playing more is going to help their run defense. One thing I'll say about Cincinnati, this is not going to be a walkover game. They've been very competitive in all of their games. I think they played the Chargers. They played the Browns close. I think really the only game that they've gotten blown out in is the – Ravens game where they just they just got destroyed so the Colts are going to have to play well I think that the Bengals defense is definitely a good pass defense it's played well up until this point but they 100% struggle with running you know stopping the run and that's where we should be able to create a mismatch and take advantage of their lack of ability to stop the run that's where I feel like the biggest difference in this game is the line of scrimmage with their defensive line versus our offensive line. We have to step up this week. Reich has to scheme this thing good, scheme, you know, scheme some good runs, scheme some good play designs, and I think we can take advantage of it. Yep, and that leads us right into key number one, run the damn ball. Pretty straightforward this week. You're going up against a team that struggled in that department. Key number one, run the damn ball. Yeah, and give Jordan Wilkins some early carries so that late in the game when they're getting worn down, you can put Jonathan Taylor out there fresh and and wear them out with his speed and his power. 
I want them to re- I, I want the Colts to really utilize the the guys that they have in a correct way. I want them to use Hines out in space. I want them to give Jordan Wilkins more carries early. I want to see the running game get going. I don't care who gets 100 yards or whatever. I just want to see cumulatively this team run for 150 yards and put their foot on this team's neck because they are definitely capable of doing it. They still have the same personnel from last year. AC is definitely, I think, going to play this week. So no excuses. This is a bad team against the run. The Colts got to step up and run the damn ball. Key number two is going to be a key until we see the Colts do it. Key number two, score touchdowns in the red zone. Like you said, till they do it, it's going to be on here. They got to score touchdowns in the red zone for their confidence to prove to the fan base that they can do it. You know, give people hope that, okay, we can get this turned around. And it starts with doing it this week. You get in the red zone, score touchdowns, it makes it a lot easier game when you put more points on the board. That's a very simple thing, but we haven't been doing it. So get in the red zone, get in the end zone, get seven instead of three and make it an easier game. And key number three, this should be the free space on your For the Culture Keys to the Game bingo card. No turnovers. You never want to turn the ball over. It doesn't matter who you're playing, when you're playing them. Key number three, straightforward, no turnovers. Yeah, I always put this in the keys to the game after a week where we turn the ball over and I feel like it costs us a game. So, yeah, you're playing a lesser team with not as much talent. Their offense is not very good. It's not going to score a lot. So you don't have to do a lot. You just have to take care of the ball and not beat yourselves. We talk about this all the time on the show, Luke and I, on the For the Culture podcast. When you're playing bad teams, don't beat yourself. And how do you do that? Self-inflicted wounds, turning the ball over, pick sixes, safeties, fumbles, dumb penalties, holding calls. I mean, you, you guys know all this. You know, if you listen to the show, when, when you play a lesser opponent, the only way they can stay in the game is if you let them by, you know, self-inflicted wounds so this week again no turnovers just don't turn the ball over if there's if there's not anything there throw it away don't try to force it just throw it away our defense will come on the field and take care of business no problem so obviously a huge key in this game is no turnovers because we do not want to have a repeat of jacksonville or cleveland let's you know not give this team a chance to hang around 100 percent, especially when you're playing a team who you believe is inferior to you, you do not want to allow them to stay in the game or give them an opportunity to win the game by beating yourself with costly turnovers. We saw it week one against the Jaguars. We do not want to see a repeat of that in week six against the Cincinnati Bengals. And let's flip over now to the offensive side of the ball for Cincinnati, led by rookie quarterback and number one overall pick in the 2020 draft, Joe Burrow, he lit up the SEC last year, broke every record in the book, and led the LSU Tigers to a historic undefeated national championship. It was one of the great runs you will ever see, and he was as hot as could be going on to win the Heisman and, of course, the national championship MVP. Joe Burrow, one of the all-time great collegiate quarterbacks last season for the LSU Tigers. He comes into this game completing 65% of his passes for over 1,300 yards, six touchdowns to three picks, so very good for a rookie quarterback through five weeks with a terrible offensive line and a bad head coach, in my opinion, in Zach Taylor to have a 2-1 to touchdown-to-interception ratio, and he hasn't been getting very much help on that line. It is reminiscent, and I hate to say it, but it's reminiscent of 2012 Andrew Luck. Now, I think rookie Andrew Luck 
much better, much more advanced than rookie Joe Burrow, carried the Colts to 11 wins. That team had no business being in the playoffs, brought us to the playoffs, and eventually losing to the soon-to-be Super Bowl champion Baltimore Ravens. Joe Burrow has been sacked already 22 times, and that has to be, Jason, without knowing off the top of my head, that has to be tops in the NFL. 22 sacks through only, what, five games? That's an absurd ratio. That's over four sacks per game. they got to do a better job protecting him and it'll be a great opportunity for the Colts to put some pressure on him as Joe Burrow the rookie the number one overall pick leads the Cincinnati Bengals into this week six matchup yeah there's a lot to like about this kid I mean obviously watching him coming out of LSU very special talent um he's in a situation that I actually feel bad for him he's I, I don't like their head coach I don't think he's very good he's very young and I do, he doesn't have a lot of experience which showed last week when he kicked a 35-yard field goal down 27 to nothing with 30 seconds left. I don't know why any coach would ever do that, but I digress. Joe Burrow's going to be a great player, but, I mean, he, he has taken a beating. The Colts' defensive line should absolutely dominate this game, get to him. I mean, they're, the Bengals are 29th out of 32 in points per game, so they're not going to score a lot of points unless unless we give up big plays, which we haven't done and I don't expect us to do. So, you know, the key to the game is going to be getting to him. But, you know, as far as their talent on offense goes, they do have some talented players. Joe Mixon, 101 carries, 374 yards. That's only 3.7 yards per carry. Two touchdowns, got 19 receptions for 125 yards and a touchdown. So he's got three touchdowns in this offense, and they've got a couple wide receivers, Tyler Boyd, 32 receptions, 362 yards, 11.3 yards per catch, one touchdown. And then the rookie T. Higgins out of Clemson, 16 receptions, 214 yards, 13.4 yards per catch, and two touchdowns. And a few other guys of note, they've got Alden Tate, good wide receiver, John Ross, good wide receiver, but it's in the doghouse, and then A.J. Green, who's who's injured with a hamstring but says he's going to play this week. And then tight end Drew Sample, and then the backup running back, who we remember from the playoff game, Giovanni Bernard, I think that's the guy that Vontae Davis basically took his soul yep. on that uh, out-of-the-backfield <laughs> swing pass. So uh, they've got some talented guys, but again, none of it matters when you can't block. None of it. So. Yep. And as we get into the keys to the game now, key number one, pressure, pressure, pressure. Like we said, Joe Burrow sacked 22 times already through just five games. So not a great offensive line. Easy to put pressure on the quarterback, so we have to put pressure on Joe Burrow. And I do want to say this. It's very impressive that Burrow, as a rookie, and I know he's an old rookie. I think he's 24 years old, so he's one of the older rookies as a fifth-year senior last year at LSU. But the fact that he's been sacked 22 times, which means he's probably been pressured, hit, hurried, everything the most in the National Football League this year through five games, to only have thrown three interceptions is pretty impressive. He's also fumbled five times lost two of them so he's obviously prone to making mistakes as most quarterbacks are when you put immense pressure on them but key number one pressure 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 Joe Burrow he's still a rookie at the end of the day and he's playing behind arguably the worst offensive line in the National Football League yeah I'm really impressed with Burrow I like him a lot you know I know this isn't a Bengals podcast so I'm not going to say too much about him but I watched him against Baltimore he took a beating and he just kept getting up. He's tough as nails. Uh, he's cool, calm, collected. He's a, just an ultra-competitive kid. He reminds me of young Phillip Rivers as far as just that competitiveness, that fire to win, puts it out on the line. And uh, I, I hope the kid plays you know, 15 years and has a great career because he's the kind of kid it's very easy to root for. 
I just hope he doesn't play ball this week. So um, I definitely think the first key getting after him with the four down linemen, that's going to be, you know, tantamount to us really dominating this game. And I I think that's what's going to happen. Those four guys got to get pressure on him. And it might not necessarily lead to turnovers, but it'll lead to some bad throws and some incompletions and probably a lot of punts. So definitely key number one is, is, is putting the heat on the young fella. Key number two, make plays when they are there. You think back to last week against the Browns. Xavier Rhodes drops an interception, hits him in the hands. The Browns go on to score a touchdown on that drive. Huge play, missed opportunity for the Colts, and it could be a 10, it could be even a 14-point swing in that game, a game that turns out to be a 9-point game. So if there's opportunities there to make plays, make plays and capitalize on those opportunities. Yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory, and and, uh, that's the exact play I was thinking of when I wrote this key down was the play that Xavier Rhodes didn't make because I really think that was a momentum-changing play had he made it. It's only one play in the game, obviously, but still a major play because they ended up scoring after that. So I look at this game, and I know there's going to be opportunities for big plays to be made by this defense, and and I just want to see him make those plays. When there's plays to be made, because you don't get a lot of them. You know, in the NFL, you don't get a lot of opportunities because these guys get paid too, as we often say on this show. But there will be some there this week, and the Colts got to take advantage of it I mean, and make their job easier. You know, if you make those plays, it makes your job a lot easier, not just the defense, but the offense. So definitely a key to this game is, is when their plays to be made, they got to make them. And finally, key number three for this Colts defense, something they did a phenomenal job with against the number one rushing attack, Cleveland Browns, in week five. Stop the run. If you stop the run, you'll have Joe Burrow dropping back in must-pass situations, which leads to key number one, pressure, 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 which leads to key number two, taking advantage of mistakes and opportunities to make plays. So these keys help each other out. One hand washes the other. Key number three for this Colts defense, stop the run. Yeah, the great thing about this Bengals offensive line is they're equal opportunity bad. They can't pass block, but they also can't run block. So it's not very easy for Joe Mixon to find holes and gaps in defenses because there's not a lot there. So obviously shutting him down and making them one-dimensional, once again, is a key to the game. He's had some good games against us in the past, but the offensive lines that we've played previous were were much superior to the one we're going to see on Sunday. So shutting him down, and just making them one-dimensional, it just, it just makes the game easier for everybody defensively. So, And I think they'll be able to do that without doing anything too insane or ultra-creative. I, I mean, I think our linebackers and, and, and our front four will be able to dominate this game, even without Darius Leonard, honestly. So shutting down the run is important. I, I think they'll get out of it quick if we jump out to a big lead. So that, you know, that hopefully that's what happens. Hopefully we go down the field, we score quick and maybe get up 10 nothing, and they abandon the run because then we can pin our ears back and uh, have a big day defensively. So it all goes together. Hopefully it all goes together in one beautiful puzzle to lead to a Colts big victory on Sunday because that's what they need. Get the fan base back, you know, sane again. Get our media off of our quarterback and uh, you feel good about the team going into the bye. But I definitely think these three keys are important. I think if we get this stuff done, we should win without a problem. But I hope you don't pick the Colts to win this game, Jason, as we get into our Week 6 predictions, Colts hosting the Bengals. Well, we all know the rules, and uh, I've said a lot of things in this podcast that I believe, and uh, I've also said a lot of things and made a lot of picks in the past that I believe that ended up hurting our team. So 
Uh, with everything that I've said and, and with all that said, I am going to definitely take the Bengals to win this game by three points. Thank you, Jason. And Colts Nation thanks you for that selection. I, however, on the other hand, am going to take the Indianapolis Colts. I think the Colts win this game. I think we win this game comfortably. And that's kind of been the theme with this Colts team. When we've won this season, we've won big. We beat Minnesota big. We beat the Jets big. We beat the Bears relatively big. Final score 19-11, but it felt like way more than an eight-point technically one possession win. It felt like Honestly, a 21-28 point win. That's just the way it felt watching that game, watching the flow of that game, and then them getting that late, cheap, prevent defense touchdown and the two-point conversion. We pretty much held them to three points when it mattered until the end of the game in garbage time. So you look at this Colts team. When we win, we win big. I think that happens again here. I think we win this game by double digits, by 14-plus. So that's my prediction. And I went against the Colts last week. Not going against them again this week. I think coming off the loss, you have a pissed-off Colts team that can't look ahead to the next opponent because we have the bye coming up. So I think it's a perfect opportunity for the Colts coming home off a loss just like week two. Week two, we were coming home off that Jacksonville loss, playing Minnesota. Now we're coming home off this Cleveland loss, playing Cincinnati. So I think it's a perfect opportunity for the Colts to come home, regroup, win big, win in the trenches, which is a great matchup for the Colts in this game, especially our defensive line. You look back to last week, we were rushing four in the first half. They weren't getting home. You have a team here, you can rush four, and you can still put pressure on the quarterback because they've been so weak this season in pass protection. So I think this is a great opportunity. I think it's a great matchup for the Colts in week six. You win this game, you go into the bye week, and then even if you struggle in the red zone this week, hopefully it doesn't happen. Even if you do this week, then you have the bye. You have 14 days to really sit down and say, how are we going to figure this out? out so I think that's what happens I think the Colts go into the bye at four and two nice record you come out the bye and you have the Detroit Lions so it's shaping up nice for the Colts over the next three weeks a little bit of rest in there because we do have a bunch of injuries some guys are going to play this week some guys aren't going to play it looks like we're going to have Costanzo back Leonard right now doubtful so you look down the injury list it'll be nice to get a bunch of those guys who don't play this week back in week eight against the Detroit Lions as we look at the landscape over the next couple weeks for the Colts starting this week and that's really all that matters in week six against the Cincinnati Bengals I'm taking the Colts I'm gonna go 27 to 13 that's my man Jason Spears I'm your host Luke Diamond guys we'll be back on Sunday night wrapping up Colts Bengals week six hopefully our Colts improve to four and two and head into the bye week for some much needed rest a couple games over 500 right here on the For the Culture Podcast.